No my Heidi Mike, Dan Hordaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Kiamo Tonomai Koto Katoa coming up on the program. Money first up. Money, money, money. One in two people are worried about money. You're driving home uh, tonight. You're concerned about money. We talk about that new research. And the labour market, it's tight. It's super tight. Are you struggling to hire staff? We take a look at these two issues after four. And we let the people of Wellington down this week. That was the message Kiwi Rail gave the politicians today. Is it a symptom of wider industry dysfunction? Records are tumbling when it comes to weather-related claims, that on the panel. And football fees in the capital city under the spotlight. Thousands of families affected by these fees. Also today, Prime Minister Chris Hipkins gets sausage rolls from the king. Are you getting excited now? Are the flags up in your workplace? And at the end of the program, we acknowledge a man spending 65 years on the tools. Hasn't had a Christmas break since Star Wars came out, 1977. How long have you had your job? With me this afternoon, Zoe George, Stuff Senior Sports Journalist and host of the podcast Podium Podcast. Zoe, hello, welcome to the panel. Hello, Wallace. Always lovely to be on the panel with you. Indeed. Yeah, good to have you here. Also, Stephen Franks, lawyer from the Wellington Public Law Firm, Franks Ogilvie, uh, in another era, was an ACT MP. Stephen, great to have you. It's been a long time, hasn't it? It has. I was very surprised and I'm <laughs> delighted to be back and to meet Zoe. No, good to have you here, Stephen. So we have um, uh, Stephen and Zoe in the Wellington uh, room today. Now, you try and do your best, don't you? Or it may at least make an effort. You separate your plastics, the hard ones, milk bottles, the softs, the bread bags. You save them up for the supermarket because you have got in the habit at last of dropping them off at the soft recycling. But there's no bin. Where's it gone? With us is Kate Meads, founder of Waste Free with Kate. Kia ora, Kate. Kia ora. Now, this is a scenario that many of us would have found, including yours truly, who, uh, after a long time, decided to get in the habit of doing the soft plastic thing. No bins. What's happening? Well, I think there's um, lots of reasons why soft plastic bins have been taken away. Um, one of the main ones, as I understand, is that people keep putting contaminated products in there so you know you have a soft plastic bin sitting outside the supermarket and people walk out and put their tool receipt their chewing gum their banana skins um you know anything like that in the soft plastic and then all of a sudden it's now contaminated ruins it for everyone i understand the contamination you can only just put the odd chewing gum or banana skin in there it's all over yeah there's not a there's no value in the soft plastics that like the brands are are paying to um, get them basically recycled, which is awesome oh. that the brands are onto that. But then as consumers, you know, like we, we, we don't respect it or, you know, even some people take their soft plastics in and they've left breadcrumbs in there or, um, <laughs> right. you know, like well, a bit of broccoli, you know, left oh. in a soft plastic bag and then now all of a sudden there's, not a, there's no value in it, so the whole lot can end up going straight to landfill. Good group. Let's start with you, Stephen. I don't know whether or not you do this or whether you ever got into the habit of uh, going to the supermarket, getting those bread bags in that bin. Oh, some of the family do, and I, I, I try to avoid just being the sort of grumpy Grinch on it, but I'm <laughs> awfully conscious that it's really 
It's very virtuous and it's re- it's well meant. But if there's 13 tons, I think it was, of this stuff around, you know, New Zealand wasted three and a half million tons of carbon last year because of the ban on gas um, supply. I mean, if we if we were using gas instead of coal, we'd have saved three and a half million tons of carbon. And there's no particular reason to worry about soft plastic other than the fact that. When it goes to landfill, it's a, a store of carbon that sits there. I, we, my firm, acted for a number of waste companies for some time. Right. We haven't done it for a long time, but they didn't mind doing it because they get paid. But they regarded it as absolutely um, against climate change interests because they had trucks running around collecting plastics and mm. sorting and all the rest of it. But it doesn't do anything. What do you make of that, Kate, that uh, it's, a, it's kind of a tip of the iceberg stuff. It's easy to talk about, but doesn't really address the real issues, as Stephen infers. Well, I, I'm, I get exactly where Stephen's coming from, but I think that there's um, a lot of misinformation out there around waste as well. So um, also with soft plastics, there's, there's a huge um, issue around people just actually putting them in their curbside bins, which creates uh, big issues at the recycling plants. But uh-huh. one of the things I think around like soft plastics and all waste is, you know, recycling is literally like the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff and there's more um, necessity for us to actually reduce waste overall. So I think, you know, thinking that you're re- just because you recycle everything doesn't mean that um, we're doing great. We actually need to go a level higher than that and reduce all of the products that need it. to be recycled. Zoe, George. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree that there's the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff. And while you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, where this soft plastic comes from and whether companies should have a moral obligation to think about and redesign their packaging that is in a recyclable and an easily recyclable that can go on the curbside form of packaging. But at the moment, obviously, that's maybe not happening. We still need... I'm down for recycling. I love recycling. I do the best that I can. So I guess, Kate, my question to you, for those who are still recycling their soft plastics, what's the best, your top tip for getting it perfectly clean? Well, it's just literally just rinsing it out and making sure that it's dry. You know, it's like in the old days, uh, my grandmother used to re-wash all of her plastics and use them over and over yes. and over again. Which is which is the great thing to start with, like your bread bag, use it for your sandwiches for a couple of weeks instead of buying single use bags and then then it has multiple lives. Whereas um, you know, just a, a single use plastic just like use once and throw in soft plastics, um it, it's it, it's a waste of resources. Yeah, here you go. Um, so Lindsay, Lindsay and Fakatani regarding contamination. One of our supermarkets stopped at soft plastic recycling when they were getting soiled nappies dumped. Um, yeah. So, you know, really, people, come on. If you want a scheme, just abide by the pretty easy to understand rules, huh? I think it's all, it, it, there's actually big issues with all recycling in New Zealand. We were at the local plant just recently. And the bags and bags of rubbish that people are putting in and pots and pans and ovens and microwaves and they just think that, um, you know, they don't know what to do with it. So they chuck it in God. the recycling bin and, and hope that somebody will be able to do something with it. And that's what we call hope cycling. <laughs> 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 uh, but I think the soft plastics, like there is, there are ways to reduce it and there's ways to reuse it. And just washing it out and hanging it on the line is a good thing and reusing it. But then... Washing it out, it has to be dry when you take it to soft plastic recycling. Okay, and good tip. Just hang it on the line. 
Okay, really, really good tips there, uh, Stephen. Even though you sort of begrudgingly go along with it when it's your turn to do the dishes, <laughs> make I, sure I that prob- I probably don't go along with when no one's watching. That's the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see, so you've got a panellist here who does put his softs in the end of the hard. Um, Vic, um, good on you, Kate. Thanks for uh, thanks for being on the programme. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, I work in a recycling plant with tonnes and tonnes of plastic bottles come into our house, dial factory, and repurposed for things like punnets. Uh, it is incredible the amount of waste we do have in New Zealand. Michael says the only solution to the plastic problem is to phase out... Uh, bottles and plastic packaging, There's, says says Michael, there are plenty of better alternatives like paper, cardboard and glass, but uh, as Stephen says, you've got to think about that weight as well. Uh, big fan I was of those, you know, those glass bottles, but gosh, imagine uh, a crate of glass Coca Fanta bottles. All right, uh, it is coming up to uh, five to four. It's time for I've Been Thinking, where our panellists uh, reach into their heart and extract something really special for us, something they've been thinking of. Of, special from them to you this afternoon, Zoe. Well, I've been thinking, and this is blatant self-promotion, but I've been thinking about podcasting and the New Zealand Podcasting Summit that's coming up at AUT in Auckland next Saturday. Uh, it is a wonderful display of podcasting greatness so if you love podcasts as much as I do or if you want to be a future podcaster come and join us Uh, it's a day full of workshops and guest speakers and we touch on things like commissioning and how you sell your podcast being a host or what's the best sort of technology that you use to get get the best sound quality and um, yeah I've been podcasting now for seven eight years so have you yeah so a really long time the podium is my third podcast if you can believe it Um, But all of them have been around sport. My first one was called Fair Play, which was actually part of RNZ, and that was 100% women, 100% of the time in sports, filling a gap because... You know, coverage of women in sport back then was awful and then we had Not Your Average Cricket Show where I got to be an absolute cricket geek and it was amazing and now I get to do the podium but I'm not the only one so I'm emceeing there's a whole bunch including people from RNZ stuff, uh, we've got The Detail and a few others uh, coming on board to talk about the process of podcasting and yeah I, I, I live and breathe podcasts you, not only you, do I make one, I avidly listen to no, them. You, you do, you make a very good one and you're one of the few I do listen to so oh, I'm going to be really frank here um, Stephen and say I, I, I'm not the world's biggest consumer of podcasts I, I like to um, if I'm not listening to the radio I like to read a book you know I like to listen to a bit of music do you consume the odd podcast? Yeah but I, I probably need I mean is there a top of the pods I mean is there is, yeah. there, a, is, yeah. there, is there a New Zealand industry equivalent to the Grammys or something yeah, like that? Yeah there, there is, is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know there are some super super popular ones at the moment with stuff for example the commune has just had over a million downloads and it's just won a raft of international awards true crime seems to be the favorite i mean it's my favorite outside of black sport, hands there black was a big hands, one wasn't that there was brilliant you know there are so many um that are telling really important stories everything from daily news and current affairs mm. to sport like mine i am the only female sports podcast host in the country um, yeah, yeah I know right wow. that's, that's something and that is why we have you on the panel oh, Kyoto, very good. <laughs> I was right. on the on the detail recently and I'm, I have to confess I hadn't heard of it and so now I, mean, now I have you're avid listener now it's that's well, such no, a great show you hadn't it's heard of the detail <laughs> I have to turn them up to I have to turn them up to um, one and a half speed because it's too slow right and, and mm. yeah 
if you're a reader, if you're a fast mm. reader, it, it's just slightly irritating to have to listen. Mm. <clears throat> wow. Very, okay, Stephen Franks, I've been thinking. Well, I've been thinking about um, the really inspiring story of Mark Denajczyk, Sir Mark Denajczyk, and his his um, gifting the, the estate, he and Dorothy Spotswood's estate, to the Nikau Trust in Wellington, the Community Trust, which it could be, I don't know, um, it could be hundreds of millions, but at the moment... Um, he's the man who who donated the money for the new children's hospital in Wellington, $55 million. And yeah. people don't know, he'd also already built a hospital at the orphanage that, he, uh, that, that helped save him in southern Germany. He'd built a similar building over there. And there's other stuff of the philanthropy that he doesn't talk about. He's a quite a humble man. But Chris Milne, the former chair of the, of the trust, had to persuade him that they would basically respect his wishes. He doesn't want it to go to undeserving people. He wanted it to go to people disabled through no fault of their own, right. primarily kids. And um, he, he's, he had to be reassured that the trust would respect that. And um, he has been now. It was announced, I think, yesterday or the day before. And it's just, it's, a, it's so inspiring. He's, a, he's 88. He's a, um, he was nine when he was in a concentration camp in Germany after the war. He kept his mother and his sister alive because he was small enough to squeeze through a sewer pipe to get out of the camp and get them food. Gosh, and oh so over half the people, I think, died in that camp. But he's a remarkable life. Mm. But he's also very um, lively. And, and Dorothy, too. Dorothy um, was quite, was determined that the gated apartments of Wellington wouldn't defeat getting my election pamphlets many years ago. <laughs> and she walked all over Wellington and she would just lurk. She said, no one pays attention to an old lady and she'd lurk until someone came on or out of the door and then <laughs> stuff all the mailboxes with these yes. things. What a towering figure. <laughs> what, a, what, what a man. Oh, I could a go on with like, stories. Mark, yeah. Mark's brand new, he picked up his brand new roles and he'd had it specially ordered with hydraulic lifters so it could go cross country. <laughs> And the day that he picked it up, he, he shot a deer and went out with his rolls and collected the deer carcass in the boot. <laughs> what a generous man. Helped pay for one of some children's hospital uh, to Aonui. Uh, that is Mark Nutchek. Stephen Franks and Zoe George. This afternoon, lots to discuss today on the panel. Stay with us till 5pm.